Hey, you guys, and welcome to Letitia's Virtual Couch. Today, I want to discuss one of my favorite pastimes. And no, it's not traveling, because if you've heard any of my other episodes, you know I love traveling, right? This pastime is naps. (laughs) Yes, naps. I think that they're so important. If you're um, close to me, um, one of the things that I always say that naps are delicious. That's how much I love to sleep. But to not be facetious and be serious for a little bit, naps are very essential to our overall mental, spiritual, and physical health. So this episode, let's talk about taking naps, okay? And so, uh, yeah, come back after the break. Don't take a nap just yet. Take a nap after this episode. But yeah, let's get into some things because I think we think as adults that naps are only for children. No, they're for us too. We need them to recharge and re-energize and to continue those tasks that we have at hand to finish out our day strong, right? Yeah, so uh, come back, get your snacks, your water, whatever you need, your comfy pillow, sit on the virtual couch with me. And again, don't take a nap just yet. I know you're going to be comfortable, but not just yet. Okay, so uh, stay tuned. information provided on this platform is for informational purposes only. If you ever find yourself becoming triggered, please refrain from listening. If you ever feel like you want to hurt yourself or hurt someone else, please dial 911 or report to your nearest emergency room. Thank you. Welcome back. And today we are talking about naps, one of my favorite subjects. (laughs) Please don't laugh at me. Now, what if I told you naps are good for your health and they're not only for children? I think I said that before, right? I loves me some good old naps. And yes, I meant to say that because our grammar over here um, is on point, but I like to add a little spice for emphasis at times. Okay, so an article that I found on healthline.com um, was uh, getting into some things about naps. So uh, I wanted to educate you a little bit on that. So as you may already know, it is recommended that we get about seven to nine hours um, of sleep a night. Me, I roughly get around six to seven, I would say. 
Um, if I get anything less than seven, um, anything less than six, really, I'm going to feel groggy, um, groggy <laughs> throughout the day. And um, I don't know about you, but if I don't get enough sleep, my body just naturally, um, I, I need a nap. Like literally, or you definitely don't want to be around me. So does it affect mental health? Absolutely, it does. <laughs> it affects your mood. I would definitely say that. And I'll get into that just a little bit later. So it's been stated that um, we're spending about one third of our life asleep, <laughs> right? So like if you're not sleep, you're in traffic because uh, I forgot the stats on being in traffic, but you're in traffic a lot of the times, especially if you're living in a major metropolitan city such as Los Angeles and New York, <laughs> where traffic just seems to be never ending. Um, but with that said, although we spend a lot of time, um, you know, with sleep, um, it's, it's really needed because our mind, our bodies are very busy throughout the day. And so we need sleep to continue to be productive and energetic, okay? So experts have definitely said that seven to nine is optimal when it comes to sleeping per night. Now, new research aims to identify um, not just how much total sleep you need, but also how much each stage of sleep you need. And um, I wanna go into the stages of sleep. Now, I know many of you probably have heard of REM, rapid eye movement, but I'll go into a little bit of details of what those five stages entails, including REM and EREM, okay? So the five stages are as followed. Um, the first stage, um, and I'll go into detail what that entails. So during the first stage, you drift off from being awake to being asleep. In this stage, the sleep is light, R, um, I'm sorry, light in REM sleep that doesn't last very long. Um, you may start to relax and dream, but may also twitch as you transition into stage two. Now, I don't know if you've had this, but it, it scared me, um, even still to this day, when you're drifting off to sleep and you just make this big twitch. <laughs> I do that all the time and I'm like, okay, now that I know what it is, um, even before this episode, I, I knew what it was, but it's still startling um, to me. So if you feel yourself doing that, um, you know, that's what it is. So please don't sleep on the edge of the bed because you could fall. Um, I don't want to laugh, but I've had um, had clients tell me they have fallen out of the bed. Um, and I'm wondering if is that what happened, um, you know, outside of the regular tossing and turning that you may do when you're sleeping. Now, stage two, um, that is a light sleep as well, but you're drifting into a steadier sleep. You will find your breathing and heartbeat um, slowing down and your muscles relaxing. Your body temperature even um, decreases as well. And uh, I always know when this is happening because I snuggle up more under my covers. And if you know me, um, I like a steady balance of being warm, but being cold. It's so weird. Like I can literally... Um, have the heater on, the air conditioning, and being under the cover with the windows open. Don't ask me why. Um, I just don't like to be too hot when I'm sleeping, but I don't want to be cold because if I'm too cold, I can't even sleep. Um, even when I'm too hot, I can't sleep as well. I need a perfect balance of um, heat and coolness. Now let's get into stages three and four. In stage three, 
you enter a deep sleep. And stage four is the deepest stages of sleep, okay? Um, deep, I'm sorry. Stage four is the deep stage of sleep. I don't want to say deepest stages of sleep. Now, um, during the deep sleep, you're breathing again, heart rate, um, body temperature, and brain waves even reach their lowest levels. Your muscles are extremely relaxed at the stage three. And um, it may be even difficult during this stage to um, rouse someone to an awakened state. Now, stage four is known as the healing stage. This is very important, people. So please listen. Um, this is when, wait for it, when tissue growth, tissue growth, um, repair take place. Important hormones are released to do their jobs and cellular energy is restored. So I would call this the restoration state, the healing state. I definitely like that, the healing state. So, so just imagine individuals who never get to stage four, um, you know, you can do some damage to your body. So imagine, um, you know, working out and just think in general, life in general, um, takes a toll on our bodies and our psyche, our mind. Um, and so it's very important to go to stage four. Okay. Now let's get into REM sleep. Your first REM cycle of the night begins around, um, 90 minutes. And, um, after you fall asleep, um, yeah, it, well, let's go back. Your first REM cycle of the night starts about 90 minutes. So that's an hour and a half. So an hour and a half after you're sleeping, that's when the REM usually takes place. Now, during this stage, your eyes move around quickly um, behind your eyelids and um, your brain waves look similar to those of someone who is awake. So... I know you're probably wondering, why is it called REM? That's because, um, again, your eyes move around quickly behind your eyelids, and we call that rapid eye movement. So that's what REM stands for, as I stated before. Now, in this stage as well, your breathing, heart rate, and blood pressure rise to near waking levels. Wow, that's interesting, right? So that goes to show you, although you are in a very deep sleep, your body is very aware Um of what's going around, I would say. This is why um, I tell people to not have your TVs on because you're taking that those things in. Um, have you ever had the television on and you start dreaming about what's on the TV? I have several times and that's when I knew it's just not okay. So what I do um, periodically, because sometimes I just want complete quiet, I will sleep to a podcast, um, I will sleep to nature sounds, and um, I would even sleep to the Bible. Like when I say it's so phenomenal, um, I don't know what beliefs you um, ascribe to, but um, yeah, I would definitely sleep to the Bible sometimes and Psalms is just like amazing. Um, but with that said, let's go on. Um, REM sleep or REM sleep often refers to as stage five is when you are most likely to dream. This is when you're dreaming, you guys. Your arms and legs become temporarily paralyzed during this stage to prevent you from physically acting out in your dreams. Although some of us do. Um, 
I know you probably have those times when you've had a dream and you're twitching or moving or I've heard some uh, crazy stories of people fighting in the dreams and all kind of funny stuff. So with that said, I think that was interesting. Just wanted to give you a little education on sleep in general. And then when I come back after this break, let's get into some studies about naps and why they're important. So with that said, uh, I will see you back after this break or I will hear you or no, no, I will see you (laughs) in my mind, right? I'll see you on the couch after this break. Hey, this is your girl, Letitia, coming to you from the virtual couch. I want to take a little bit of your time today to discuss how to find the right therapist. Now, like with anything, your hairstylist, your gardener, your medical doctor, it may take a few tries before you find the right fit. Finding the right therapist is no different. So stay the course and don't give up. Also, I want to empower you to ask questions. Do not feel like you're being intrusive by asking questions because guess what? This is the person that's gonna lead you and guide you towards your healing. And this is a very important partnership. So I will say this even as a therapist myself, if a therapist becomes offended by any questions that you may have, just like with any other individual that I discussed before, like your doctor, your gardener, whoever, someone you know working on your home, if they become offended, you're probably not gonna hire them, right? Exactly. Your therapist is no different. So don't feel offended. Don't be offended by the degrees and the licenses. And yes, all those hard things we worked for, but we're here for you. And so it is your right to ask every question you need to ask to make sure it is the right fit for you. And again, it may take a few tries. And again, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that therapist is a bad person either. It just means that, you know what, they may not be the right person to guide you on your journey. Um, So I want to leave you with a a few resources. Uh, Psychologytoday.com is a resource where you can view various therapists and you can even input your area by your zip code, your city and your state to find the therapist nearest you. You can also go to therapyforblackgirls.com and therapyforblackmen.org. Please seek these resources out. They are awesome. There are some wonderful, very experienced therapists on these sites, some of which are my beautiful colleagues, and I know the hard work that they do, and they are waiting to hear from you. Okay, so I'm not going to take any more of your time because I know you can't rush to, can't wait to get to that computer, right? And search out that therapist. So I'm not going to say anything further. If you want to tell me about your experience, I would love to hear about it. Please email me at virtualcouchpodcast1 at gmail.com and happy hunting. Take care. Y'all enjoy the break? Now find your spot on the virtual couch. And get ready to hear our girl, Letitia, drop some more gems on ya. Drop some more gems on them, Letitia. Drop some more gems on them.
Now, let's get into some research. Research have found people over the age of 60 who took afternoon naps performed better on cognitive tests than people who didn't nap. Experts also say afternoon naps benefit people of any age by resting the brain and clearing our minds from unwanted thoughts. One expert even says that the best naps are between 10 to 30 minutes um, taken between the hours of 1 and 3 p.m. Now, I have to interject there. Every time I try to take at least a, a 20 minute to 30 minute nap, which is called a power nap, I I just need more. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I know later on we're going to um, discuss how that's kind of not okay. But guess what? I have to do what my body needs and I'm always refreshed after, especially if I'm going to the gym um, in the evening, which I'm not a person who likes going to the gym in the morning. I'm more of a nighttime gym person. Um, I like to reflect and release all of the toxins um, from my mind and I use it as a self-care strategy to help me sleep and just to help me stay focused as well because usually even after the gym, um, I don't usually go to sleep. I usually um, complete some work and I notice that my body is just more relaxed and more level-headed and I'm pretty much a level-headed person anyway, but I'm more focused because a lot of the things that I do, it really takes a lot of my mental focus, stamina, um, and capacity to do. So um, I definitely need every brain cell um, (laughs) it takes to complete some of my projects. Now, another expert um, warned that longer naps, here we go, might be a sign that a person is not getting adequate nighttime sleep. And I can attest to that because I'm such a night owl. Um, So what I typically do, and I'm telling on myself here, I usually uh, stay up until maybe even 4 and 5 a.m. and then I go to sleep. Thank God I make my own schedule, but sometimes it hurts me because I have to get up in the morning to do some things. So on those nights, I would say, um, what morning, I probably get roughly about six hours of sleep. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm still productive, but I can tell the difference between me getting six and seven, and that's an hour. And if I get more, um, I'm even more refreshed. So I know for myself, I need at least seven to be really, really good. Um, eight, nine, even the better. Um, but I love my sleep. I've always have, um, I have a joke with friends that, um, that have children and, you know, they tell me like, you know what, if you have kids, you will never be able to sleep again. And I'm not going to lie. That scares the heck out of me (laughs) because I love to sleep. I just really do. I really, really do. Um, sleep is like an appetizer for me. It's, It's sad, but anyway, I digress. The afternoon nap gets a bad rap, according to this article, and um, some see a siesta as a sign of laziness. I'm clutching my pearls here, my invisible pearls, um, if you will. Low energy or even equate to illness. So basically, it's stating that afternoon naps get a bad rap, and um, it is seen oftentimes as a sign of um, laziness. I don't care. I don't give a hoot. Um, And if you want to know what siestas are, I think I've um, mentioned this in a previous podcast before. Siestas are 
Um, basically, when a um, when the whole country or region they take a break, and I think Spain does this, and a few other countries, but I know Spain for sure. This is something that I often said that America needs to incorporate, but I don't think ever will because we're such a capitalist um, society where every minute counts to get the bag, and uh, yeah, it correlates to not so good health results as well so we'll talk about that a little bit later but i think siestas would be so perfect or even a shortened work week which i have been hearing some things about lately so we'll see four day work week but if you're an entrepreneur like myself you get to pick the days that you work and to be honest with you four days is just too much for me now um, although I kind of work every day, but at my own pace, but having to clock in somewhere for four days and I can't even imagine seven at this point or five. Um, so yeah, entrepreneurship is the way to go. Um, I will definitely say when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of tend to work more, I would say, but you work at the hours that you um, that you choose for the most part, not all entrepreneurs, because, you know, some of us. Um, we're in fields that um, our customers or clientele dictate the hours that we work. Um, I am blessed to say that I get to pick and choose the times and days that I work. Okay. But um, again, I personally believe that siestas are needed. So I'll say that. So let's talk about this study. There's another study that suggests that afternoon naps may make you more mentally sharper if you're over the age of 60. Older adults who took afternoon naps scored higher on cognitive tests than those who didn't nap, according to researchers. The study published in the journal General Psychiatry looked at both physical and cognitive health amongst 2,214 people over the age of 60 residing in large cities. Um, Well, I don't know why this says large cities, but um, large countries. (laughs) No, no, no. It is right. Large cities in China. I thought it was saying large cities in China, large cities like China. I'm like, no, China is not a city. But anyway, uh, large cities in China. Of these, 1,534 took regular afternoon naps while 680 did not. The observational study found that the nappers scored significantly higher on the Minty Mental Status Exam. That's the MMSE. And if you're in my field, um, the MMSE is basically when we are um, testing for dementia. So it's basically like a cognitive screening where you are assessing if someone has dementia or not. And it's typically um, given to older adults um, and the geriatrics um, population, um, if you will. Okay, so um, basically it's a standardized dementia screening test that includes assessments of visual spatial skills, attention span, um, problem solving, working uh, memory, and locational awareness, and verbal fluency. Okay, now with the study, the nappers performed particularly well in um, the latter three categories, including um, I'm sorry, according to the study led by Dr. Lynn Sun of the Alzheimer's Disease and Related Disorders Center at Shanghai Mental Health Center, okay? And Shanghai Shou Tong University. I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> but if not, 
uh, you catch my drift. <laughs> Basically, it's a study that was performed at a university um, in Shanghai. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, taking naps, you know, has been um, has been um, found that your brain is able to clear out unnecessary information um, out of your brain's temporary storage. I thought that was very interesting. Um, so it can prepare for new information to be absorbed. I thought that was really interesting. Naps are very necessary. It, it clears our mind. It repairs our body tissue. And if you didn't know this, obesity has been linked to not getting adequate rest, you guys. So if you want to um, stay fit, get adequate sleep and um, shed those pounds as well. Okay. So we will be taking another break here. And uh, I hope that wasn't too much for you, but I wanted to make it as interesting as possible because, of course, when we're talking research and stats, sometimes it can get a little bit boring, okay? So after this break, let's talk a little bit more, um, you know, about research and what it states, and we'll go um, from there, okay? So please stay tuned. The teacher stays dropped in those gems. Don't forget to hit my girl up on the anchor app message feature on Spotify. And at virtualcouchpodcast1 at Have you ever wondered why you sometimes feel worse after taking a nap than before? Or maybe napping during the day makes you feel more alert. People nap all the time. Whether it's because you're coping with work stressed from your exams, or just because you didn't get enough sleep from the night before. Taking a nap can help you feel more relaxed and awake after. But there are more to naps than you think, because taking naps can actually have a huge amount of benefits for both your mental and physical health. So here are 12 facts about naps that may just surprise you. Number one, there are different types of nappers. Did you know that napping is so popular that they've created categories for different nappers? The three types of nappers are habitual, planned, and emergency. Habitual nappers are the people who take naps at the same time every day. Planned nappers, on the other hand, plan to nap before they get tired and sleepy. Finally, emergency nappers are those who wait until they get so tired that they have to stop what they're doing to nap. Which type do you think you are? I think I'm all of the above. Number two. One bad nap can throw off your entire sleep cycle. Do you feel groggy or can't sleep at night after you've napped during the day? A bad nap can cause sleep inertia, making you feel groggy and disoriented after waking up from a nap. It may also impact your nighttime sleep as well. So you may want to have a strict time frame for napping and set up alarms if you feel like you might nap for longer than you should. Number three. Naps cannot fully make up for lost night's sleep. Do you think that taking naps will make up for the amount of sleep you've lost at night? While the math might make sense, it doesn't work that way. And this is because napping can disrupt your biological system and throw off your entire sleep cycle. Depending on how your sleep cycle works, you might be missing on REM sleeping minutes, which is a very important sleep stage. Number four. Naps have an ideal duration. Have you ever felt worse after waking up from a long nap? Scientists have actually found that the ideal duration for naps should be between 20 to 40 minutes. Interestingly, if you want to become more awake during the day, 
you can combine caffeine with an ideal nap duration. Scientists actually suggest that you drink caffeine before taking a power nap of 20 minutes, since caffeine takes 20 to 30 minutes to take effect, lining up with the moment you wake up from your nap. Number five, your body has an ideal nap time. Are you the type to nap whenever you feel tired during the day? According to the University of California, Berkeley, the best time to nap is right in the middle of your wake cycle. So eight hours after you wake up in the morning and eight hours before you sleep at night. So if you woke up at 8 a.m. and went to sleep at 12 p.m., then the best time to nap would be at 4 p.m. So let's continue, you guys, with the research study that I was alluding to before. Now, the benefits of napping, um, like I said before, goes beyond sharpness. Um, the study group, nappers versus non-nappers alike, got an average of 6.5 hours of sleep nightly. Afternoon naps were defined as getting at least five consecutive minutes of sleep, but no more than two hours any time after lunch. Now, nappers were asked how often they nap during a typical week. Replies ranged from once a week to daily. One weakness of the study was that researchers did not ask participants how long they napped or at what specific time of the day, and that's very important. The evidence suggests that napping is great for improving mood, energy, and productivity while reducing anxiety and physical and mental tension. Remember, I told you that. I feel so refreshed, like I'm able to tackle the day. My mood is better. My energy has been replete, um, replenished, and I just feel great after a great nap. Of course, when it's not too long. Remember, I said that before. If we nap a little bit too long, we can um, actually feel more groggy, disoriented, and confused as research study have also um, alluded to. Now, if you're able to nap for a slightly longer period of time, say 60 minutes, again, evidence suggests that napping for this length can actually aid your learning. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, 60 minutes, it can aid in your learning. Um as during this longer nap, your brain will start to transfer memories from your temporary holding facility, the hippocampus, to the permanent home, the cortex. So um, at least 60 minutes, it can aid in your learning capacity. I guess that's why I'm so brilliant, right? <laughs> I tend to at least sleep an hour um, or more, but at least an hour. And I do feel more refreshed um, as opposed to getting a 20 to 30 minute um, nap in. Um, but again... All naps are uh, are not healthy. So why, uh, while a 30 to 90 uh, minute nap in older adults appear to have more brain benefits, anything longer than an hour and a half may create problems with cognition, the ability to think and form memories according to studies. Again, this is not to say that naps are bad because I don't want you thinking that, oh my God, I can't take a nap now. No, you can. And if your body is telling you to take more time, forget what this stuff says and get some sleep, okay? <laughs> we know when empirical, um, you know, empirical and um, anecdotal research states that naps are very beneficial. So empirical research states it and your own anecdotal research is going to, you know, states it as well. I know mine does. Um, naps just make me feel um, just so relaxed and so replenished. Um, Dr. 
um, I guess her name is pronounced um, Abernay or he <laughs> Singh, a sleep medicine specialist and member of the medical review panel for sleepfoundation.org told Healthline that while other studies have shown that afternoon naps improve mental agility, it remains unclear if napping can prevent cognitive decline as people age. Now, in a recent study, research says napping two or three times a week might be good for your heart health. So there's some correlation there with your heart healthy people. Okay. Experts say daily napping may be a sign of inadequate nighttime sleep or underlining health problems. One expert says naps could be um, should be shorter than 30 minutes or longer than 90 minutes. Okay, um, yeah. So that's kind of confusing too because then on one token it said they shouldn't be, but whatever. Again, like I said, do what what feels right to your body because you're going to hear so many different things being said. So I know for me. My average nap, to be honest with you, is about maybe two to three hours. Maybe two to three hours, um, I should say. Okay. Getting an afternoon nap might be um, a dream for most working adults because, you know, with the hustle and bustle of life, it's hard for a lot of people to get in a nap while, um, you know, the little ones, you know, they fight their sleep. (laughs) And um, I remember as a kid... um, being told to take a nap was like a death sentence. It was it was a punishment for me. Um, and now I love naps so, so, so much. Um, it's true that um, from American um, Academy of Pediatrics recommends that newborns sleep up to 16 hours a day, including naps. But they stop including naps and in overall sleep time for children as young as six years old. Teenagers should get between eight to ten hours of sleep a night. I'm I'm more in the teenager range, <laughs> I should say, because when I'm tired or when I'm sleep deprived, um, I can sleep literally about ten hours. Literally, I have, and uh, I do feel great afterwards. Um, but I will say. It can cause some problems because, you know, when you sleep too long, it's hard to go back to sleep soon. And then you're kind of off um, off your sleep cycle. I will warn you on that. OK, but um, from these studies that I've been reading, it just seems like most Americans and just people in general just don't get enough sleep. We have to sleep. People put those phones away. That's what I think it is. We're constantly scrolling, constantly looking at Netflix TVs and all those things that distract us um, today. And we didn't really have those things, you know, in the past that we do today. We have so many um, distraction tools that prevent us from getting adequate rest, even having TVs in your bedrooms, which I just do not have. I don't believe in a TV being in the bedroom. So um, I said one day if I get married, (laughs) if my husband wants to have a TV in the bedroom, I think that's one thing we're going to fight on. One thing, right? Nothing else. Just just that. Um, any medical professional would quickly tell you about the importance of getting a good, nice rest um, each night. You know, our body, our minds, our spirits definitely need that. Definitely need that. Okay, so um, I'm going to take another short break. Um, but before that, you know, um, yes, we need sleep, you guys. 
I, I should have done this podcast a long time ago because sleep is so important. This is where we are able to recoup from stress and allow our vital organs time to rest and repair our body tissues and everything else. And if you see someone who is sleep deprived, you usually can see a difference in their mood. Um, they're more cranky, more irritable. Um, yeah, and I, I know I am. I know when I'm sleep deprived, um, very short tempered. <laughs> um, I like patience. At least I can admit it, right? At least I know. So I'm like, you know what? I need to take a nap. I need to reset. I need to isolate from the world real quick and get some rest in. So with that said, we're going to take another break. Please don't take a nap, though. <laughs> because I want you back. But guess what? If you do have to take a nap and uh, and um, continue this episode, that's fine as well, right? Because we're not live, so you actually can take a nap. So when I come back, I want to talk more about naps and your heart health because it's very important, right? So please stay tuned. I will be back. Do you feel sick after not sleeping enough the night before? Sleep deprivation increases cytokines, which are molecules known for causing inflammation, and cortisol, and norepinephrine, which are known to cause stress. However, a study in 2015 by the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism found that naps can actually have an effect on suppressing these hormones, improving your immune system. Number seven, naps have a positive impact on your memory. Did you know that one of the main functions of nighttime sleep is to consolidate your memory? Naps can have a similar effect. In 2010, a study in neurobiology of learning and memory tested the effect of midday naps on memory processes and found that those who had a daytime nap had significantly better retention than those who did not. So if you have an exam or a test, you might wanna take a nap before then. Number eight, naps can have the same effects as a full night's sleep for learning. While naps can't fully replace a full eight hours of night sleep, they can certainly match the effects for learning. A 2003 study conducted in Nature and Neuroscience found that people who napped 60 to 90 minutes after learning something performed just as well in a test as those who had a full night's rest. So if you need to learn something fast and can't afford eight hours of sleep, then you may wanna take a 60 to 90 minute nap. Number nine, Naps improve alertness and performance. A study conducted by NASA showed that sleepy military pilots and astronauts that had a 40 minute nap performed better by 34% and had increased alertness by 100%. It was also found that shorter naps were more effective than longer naps, with naps of 30 minutes bringing about a period of impaired alertness. Number 10, they can lift your mood. Are you relaxed when you lie down for a nap? Whether you fall asleep or not, Experts confirm that the relaxation that comes from lying down and resting during naps can actually boost your mood. Research also suggests that napping can help you regulate your emotional state, making you better at handling frustration. Number 11, they're good for your heart. Do you feel better after taking a nap when you're stressed out? Naps can benefit your heart because they help lower the blood pressure in your body. A study conducted on people who had undergone mental stress showed that 45 to 60 minute naps were extremely effective at regulating their blood pressure. Therefore, naps could be your best option to recover and regulate your blood pressure. And number 12, naps have a positive impact on your physical health. Whether it's your accuracy, speed, strength, or reaction time, when done correctly, 
naps can have a huge positive impact on your physical performance. Sleeping, in general, has a restorative effect on the body. So combined with the effects of napping, it can result in big improvements in your physical health and performance. Letitia, stay rockin' no dinner. Don't forget to hit my girl up on that air message feature on Spotify. At Virtual Couch Podcast One at gmail.com. Welcome back from your nap. <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure you didn't take a nap, but maybe you did. And if you did, that is all right. And I'm glad you did. And so now you're refreshed to learn some more. Okay, Yu Ling and Christine Yaff, psychiatry professors at the University of California, San Francisco, recently wrote a paper published in BMJ's Heart that addresses the fact that researchers still have more questions related to um, basically if napping helps the heart or if it's because those who have an opportunity to, um, opportunity to nap actually have less stress. Now that's interesting. And uh, I'll be looking out for that research um, to see what the findings actually are. Now it has been stated that sleep is vital for maintaining overall health. And sleep is a time where blood pressure, again, and heart rate overall, tend to be lower than um, while we are awake. Um, so it's likely playing a role in restoration of the heart. That's good to know. So if you're getting um, enough sleep, quality sleep that is, throughout the night, you shouldn't be needing to nap throughout the day, he told um, Healthline. And this is um, a researcher, right? Um, so basically, if you are getting good quality sleep, um, he's basically saying you shouldn't really be needing to nap throughout the day. OK, and if you are, it could be um, some underlying um, health issues. And so you definitely always want to get periodic uh, checkups from your doctor, your primary care physician. OK, that being said, it's important to honor your body's needs and pushing through fatigue can have an adverse effect on numerous bodily functions, including your cardiovascular health. Basically, if you're tired and have the time, a quick nap isn't the worst thing for you, but you shouldn't ignore why you're so tired in the first place again. Now, in a study, uh, researchers from the University Hospital of Lausanne in Switzerland used data from 3,462 people without a history of cardiovascular disease enrolled in a Swiss population-based study. Now, they examined how often and how long participants nap per week and what conditions their heart were in later. Now, over the five years, researchers noted that 155 fatal and non-fatal heart-related medical events among those participants. They saw a significantly lower risk of those events in people who took a nap once or twice a week compared to people who didn't nap at all. Interesting, right? That even accounted for people with sleep apnea who were excessively sleepy during the day. And if you know about sleep apnea, which um, apnea, which um, some of you may um, need a BiPAP machine, machine or BPAP, I think it's called that. Um, there are several machines where you have to um, make sure you have enough oxygen um, because you can. Um, stop breathing while you're sleeping and that's very dangerous and so people who are usually diagnosed with sleep apnea they have to go for an overnight sleep study 
Um, so if you need to do that, please do that. Um, sometimes people who have steam apnea, they are your snores. Oh my God. <laughs> Those are usually people who snore very loudly. Um, yeah, so you definitely want to get that checked out, okay? All right. Now, the researchers um, show they found no association between how long those naps were and heart-related medical events. Their research built off a 2015 meta-analysis published by the Sleep Research Society. Researchers at the University of Tokyo in Japan. Hey, Japan. I was there for a minute working <laughs> and living. Um, a culture where napping at work is seen as a sign of hard work, found 11 studies that showed naps and heart health appear to follow a J-shaped curve. Now, these are for your researchers out here. Now, for some of you who are not researchers, you probably don't know what all this means. But um, when you're doing research, you see different trends. And um, in this research study, it had a J-shaped curve. Now, this means the risk dipped to a certain point and then shot back up later. The researchers stated that naps less than 30 minutes commonly referred as a power nap um, to be beneficial in preventing coronary heart disease, but they seem to have an um, opposite effect if people snooze for longer than that. Wow. Okay. So I guess we have to find our happy medium somewhere, right? To be um, beneficial for our health. That's not to say, again, that naps are bad for your heart. So we're not saying that. Rather, the need for them might mean there's something else going on. The study also shows a correlation, um, meaning that things may occur together, but doesn't mean they cause each other. So there's no causation. Um, again, more problems tend to occur with longer naps. And again, you may have some temporary grogginess. Um, some inability to sleep at night. Of course, I say that, that before, you know, usually when you take a nap, it's hard to go back to sleep. Then it gets your sleep all off balance. So again, we have to find a happy balance and happy medium. Um, that is the ultimate goal for taking naps. Okay, so yes, we have to find that happy medium, people. Um, yeah, and so I'm glad there's a lot of studies on naps in there, you know, and how they benefit us. Now, um, after this short break, I know that was pretty quick, but I want to go into something a little bit deeper. Um, and that is, let's talk naps and the importance of Black people incorporating them in our lives for a healthier lifestyle. I know with us, and I say us, um, I am a black woman, you know, we tend to have to work extra hard to just get a seat at the table, right? And so sometimes um, our health um, lacks with that. And that's not good, especially with the disparities in our health rates, okay? And accept, um, access to medical care and just the differential treatment um, in our care. So when I come back, I definitely want to touch upon that um, because it's very important and near to dear to my heart to... Um, Make sure that we are getting the necessary treatment and just um, taking care of ourselves. You know, self-care is a thing that is very near and dear to me. Um, I try to be a crusader in that. I try to emulate that and model that as much as I can for you. Um, yes, we all want to get the bag, right? Want to get them coins, but we can't let the bag and the coins make us. 
and uh, we can't enjoy those things if we're fatigued and tired and uh, six feet under, right? So with that said, I'll be back with more of that, okay? So stay tuned, and I'll see you soon in a couple of minutes. If you need to take another nap, uh, <laughs> you can. You can pause this and uh, get some rest in if you need to, but if not, um, I'll be back shortly. We are now in the home stretch, people. So, Black-led groups are using naps to fight systematic racism. Interesting, right? Okay, let's hear about it. Black power naps, as it's called, and sleep experts discuss the importance of rest within the Black community and why napping is one way to get more of it. Now, according to health.com, there are groups who are proactively helping Black people reclaim our right to rest and relax via napping. The relationship between health and rest. As you know, naps and sleep in general improve your productivity by strengthening your memory and attention span, relieve mental health, stress, and decrease the risk of cardiovascular disease and diabetes type 2 chronic illness that strikes the black community hard but a lack of rest along with the hustle and bustle and getting the bad culture affects affects i'm sorry black people significantly now many in the black community view sleep and naps specifically as a luxury and even a sign of laziness. I know you probably have been guilty of that. I know I have as well. Like, oh, I got to get things done. If I take a break, that looks bad and so forth. We've all probably have done that, right? Many feel also that we're not worthy of resting, fulfilling the need to be the early bird to catch the worm and even just not even feeling that you're deserving because everything else that you have to do, you know, especially black women, you know, the whole superwoman, I'm strong, black girl magic trope. We have to do away with that because it's very detrimental. Now, stress are racing thoughts from overwhelming stress from being black in a country where we're often seen as a threat can be quite demoralizing and again, stressful. This constant stress can cause one to become sleep deprived and having poor sleep can worsen anxiety and depression. And I see that all too often. In turn, affects sleep in its official cycle. It's a vicious cycle because guess what? When you have a lack of sleep, it can exacerbate depressive and anxiety symptoms. And those things causes one to have impairments in sleeping. <laughs> so it becomes a vicious cycle and it's hard to get off that hamster wheel once you're on. So my whole thing as a therapist is try not to get you on there at all. Okay. Being proactive is key. When you're not sleeping enough on a regular basis, your body responds by releasing the stress hormone cortisol, which increases your heart rate and blood pressure. And this is the reason why you see a lot of heart disease and strokes in our community, okay? There also um, is an increase in insulin resistance, which when um, you're not getting enough sleep. Now, rest and sleep specifically is the ultimate healer. And I know I've said that before earlier in this episode because during the state is when our body is replenishing itself, repairing ex um, itself, and you have refinement in your emotional health while you're sleeping as well. Sleep deficiency 
also increases your risk of depression, anxiety, like I said before. The emotional center of the brain is active at night. It builds stronger connections and help us to control our emotions during the day. So basically, with this um, said, when we're not getting enough sleep, this leads to emotional de- um, dysregulation um, and also chronic medical conditions. Now, there are some groups that I alluded to in the beginning of this um of this episode, well, not this episode, of this segment here, um, there's groups that are proactively um, trying to help us rest more. And one of those groups is called um, Black Power Naps, um, which are advocating the right to rest. Now, this is led by um, Navlid Acosta and Fanny Sosa. They are Afro-Latinas um, and they're artists. And as a result, um, is finding, um, I guess they wanted to create a program because after finding themselves being um, affected by generational fatigue and racial trauma, they wanted to um, do something about it, being proactive and not just saying that they want to do something, but actually creating and doing something, actually putting boots on the ground, okay? Um, and as you know, in past years, we've been having, having a lot of social upheaval um, in the communities of color. So in 19, I'm sorry, in 2019, they used their experiences to inspire Black Power Naps. And this is basically basically an advocacy group currently based in Spain. See the um African uh, the African um diaspora is just everywhere, right? So this is in Spain. And um I guess they're expanding globally. And the whole mission of Black Power Naps is to encourage a culture of rest among Black people. Black Power Naps really come from a lifetime of unrest and having a hard time to um, accessing quality rest. This is what Acosta Tells Health uh, magazine. And this article can also be found on health.com. Um, this group install, so this is what they actually do, you guys. This group installs pop-up um, exhibitions that includes colorful beds, um, hammocks, and canopies encouraging passerbys to stop and take a rest without fear of judgment, while also distributing crucial information how sleep can be um, restorative and empowering. Now, other groups, including Atlanta-based, so closer to home, you guys, um, the nap ministry and this is um held by or created by kalila o'guillory um and there is also a texas-based um called the nap bar um which have advocated the same wanting um black people to rest more and you know there's been a lot of resistance for the black community um you know, to rest. It's always been like a bad connotation because of course, uh, and I'm being facetious when I say this, we're lazy, right? A group who have really um, worked harder than anyone, I would say, uh, for over 400 years for free labor, they want to say black people are lazy. But I digress again. (laughs) Laughable and comical, right? So um, what they do as well, they um, host nap installations, sleep education, and sleep center products. The nap ministry and the nap bar seeks to improve Black people's relationship with sleep, seeing it 
as less of a luxury and more of a necessity. I love that. Studies suggest that people in the black community get the least and worst quality sleep in comparison to our white, Asian, and Latina ex-counterparts. New York-based nurse and sleep educator um, Carlina West, and she's a PhD, tells health um, this. And yes, you know, we're just lagging a lot um, when it comes to um, our health and it's time for us to catch up and do something about it. OK, so, um, yeah, uh, it, it, it's, it's really sad. We know racism can definitely take a toll on our quality, um, quality of sleep. Um, structural racism, even though society wants to tell us that it doesn't exist, it definitely can take a toll on our mental health. Um, so with that said, I just want to close. Um, it is time to take our and reclaim our right to rest back. Let's take back what's owed to us and reclaim our rest to heal and um, heal our trauma, our generational trauma, as well as trauma that we may have endured um, in our personal lives. Okay. Rest allows Black people the happiness and healthiest um, life that, and you know, we deserve it, right? Um, we are, I hate to say this, but yeah, we are magical. We are. Um, there's no one that has the history that we have and we still survive. And uh, we need, we have the right to recharge and we deserve it. And uh, yeah, so anything that I can do, to ensure this, you know, it's, I feel like it's my plight. As you know, I've always talked about that. It is my plight to erase the stigma of mental health and to increase self-care. Um, so I just want to let you know, it's okay to take naps, you guys. It's okay to rest. It's okay to put that work away and recharge. So with that said, thank you for joining me today. Now go get some rest. Okay. Until next time. Peace. Wasn't that show fire? I hope you enjoyed your time on the virtual couch with our girl Letitia on Letitia's virtual couch. You did that, Letitia. Letitia's virtual couch.